0: A really big welcome to Australia's first and only LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. And we're obviously really big fans of you and Pose at Joy. So thanks so much for taking out the time.
1: The pleasure is mine. Thank you.
0: Pose does such a great job in highlighting the history of the LGBT plus community in the 80s. Pose also has one of the largest casts of trans actors in television history. What was your reaction to the concept of the show when you first heard about it?
1: (laughs) I was quite nervous because many have tried before and the vision that they came up with was not conducive to uplifting, empowering our community or telling a story that would not only entertain people, but educate. So I was quite nervous, but finding out that it was, um, Mr. Ryan Murphy was behind it. It gave me a sense of comfort because I have seen his work from glee to the normal heart to, you know, American Horror Story. This man has a genius about him, an intellect that pulls you in and helps you to understand a a, a story while being entertained. And I say this because of part in American Horror Story, Coven, where Myrtle Snow was about to be burnt at the stake. And, you know, Sarah Paulson says to her, Sarah Paulson's character says to her, what are your last words? And Myrtle Snow yells, Balenciaga! (laughs) And... Yeah. For me, it would only take genius, because here you are in this moment where this woman made sacrifices, did what she had to do, but still had to suffer the consequences, you know, for um, her action. And she faced it with such strength. Yeah. And not a plea for help or a cry for, but standing strong in her faith and just screaming Balenciaga, because <laughs> she, she dressed. She was always well-dressed, you know? So when you look at that, I had to say to myself, look, he's not going to treat our community like others have. He's going to do his best to make sure that he produces the best things. So after that, I was hands on board. I knew I wanted to work with him. From that American Horror Story Coven moment, and when I realised I had the opportunity, I just wanted to put my best foot
0: forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're exactly right. Ryan Murphy really does get it, and he's done a lot of work for the LGBT community. Being on a Ryan Murphy show is such a big deal, and he does such ama- an amazing job at showcasing pop culture phenomenons. Do you remember where you were when you got the call to say you'd got the role?
1: I was in my house, I believe, and I was jumping for joy. I couldn't believe it. I was hugging my little Yorkie, my son, and just going, no way, no way. Because for me, coming from a small island, um, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, the smaller island of Tobago, and coming from a small island and facing homelessness and facing all these traumas, molestation, rape, I was, I, I felt marginalized. I felt like there was no way that I could possibly get out, get out of, you know, this box that people have put me in. And now I had this opportunity not only to show my talent, but to honor those that actually came before me, that taught me, that sacrificed for me.
0: You play the fiercest character of them all, Electra Abundance in Pose. I love her so much. I want to be her so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all want to be her. Electra, she doesn't do anything simple or by numbers. What do you love the most about her?
1: I love the the fact that Electra owns her truth. She knows who she is and she knows that she has to hold on to that. Electra is dynamic in the sense that not only she's sassy, but she's unapologetic. She faces everything as it's supposed to be faced and has become so strong that she can come across as of uh, come across as being intimidating. But we haven't gotten there yet, and we don't know if we'll ever go there. But when I look at Electra, I see a woman who has gone through hardship and is now saying to herself, I have made it. And the ballroom culture, the praise that they have given her, has made her feel like all her hard work is paying off, and she deserves these accolades. So I admire her strength. I yeah. admire her ability to just, to just be strong and to just live in her truth and be happy with that.
0: How much of her do you think is in you? Like, are you ever tempted to just sort of bring that character out in like a random situation and see what happens?
1: Well, actually, it has happened um, recently when I did an appearance at one show and the kids loved it. Yeah. But Electra is very far from who I am. Yeah in the sense of her attitude and the way she brings things across. I more relate to Blanca's character, where I wanted to help. And growing up in the ballroom scene, which I was a part of since 1992, I wanted to help. I wanted to create a house where kids, you know, would go to school and go to work and pursue their dreams and, fo- and, and follow those dreams and make them become reality. You know, Elektra was is more like ballroom is it. That's what you have. That's what you accept. And you keep it and um, be happy there.
0: Well, it's funny you sort of spoke about that with the houses in the early 90s and all of that because you immigrated to the United States in the early 90s. What a lot of people might not know about you is that you were involved in the drag ballroom scene in the early days. What are your memories from that time?
1: I remember hearing about the ballroom scene, going into finally meeting people that, um, and when I first met these people, I had no idea about ballroom, I had no idea about being the possibility of me being able to, to to do my transition. And meeting these people, they actually saved my life because I was standing on St. Paul Street in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was about to go on a date. And I saw these two sassy people coming up with an entourage and they walk up to me and they started telling me how beautiful I was and I should walk faith. And because of my height, I could walk runway. And if I ever were to become, you know, if I ever were to transition, I would probably look like a cross between Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks. And, then they put in Grace Jones and, and Iman, you know, and Beverly Peel and, and all these amazing people. And I felt for the first time that someone was actually seeing me as beautiful. I'd never seen myself as beautiful before. And the other thing they did was they saved me from dating someone that possibly going to infect me because the next week this person ended up in the hospital and passed away um quite quickly. So I look at the ballroom scene as saving my life on many occasions. When I uh, finally walk a ball. You know, they put me together. I walked a ball. Then I came to, I I went to New York City and I walked there. And from the time I got to the back of the runway, they loved me. There was an adoration, a love. And in that moment and that space, I wasn't thinking about the fact that my family did not accept me and it, it was going through, you know, the things that they were going through. I did not think about having to sleep in an apartment with eight other people a one bedroom or studio apartment with eight other people. I was not thinking about the fact that after I left that ball, I probably wouldn't have any money. In that moment, I found happiness. I found strength. I found a way to to not forget but to to soothe myself, so that I could have some kind of fun, you know, and then it went from there to me going back to New York and walking um, another ball, the Devon Elites ball, and as I stood at the back of the runway, there were fingers waving, and this time I was walking runway, the first ball I wore face, and when I walked runway, they just cleared a path, and I felt like I can, now I had such a support system now that I can use it, and everyone throughout the ballroom scene, whether they were in my house or not, kept saying to me, you, can be a model. You have to take this that we're teaching you here in Ballroom and take it out into the world. Don't be scared. Look at Tracy Africa. Look at Octavia St. Laurent. Look at Danielle Revlon. These women are going out into the world. And Tracy Africa's foremost when I found out that she was a model and was living. And then there were other women like Portia LaBeja and Carmen Extravaganza who came to, to Europe and were modeling professionally. So they were pushing me in that direction. So my fondest memories of Ballroom is, is Ballroom saving my life.
0: So modeling was, was that just sort of something you, you fell into with people encouraging you to do it? Or do you think that was always in you? That was something you wanted to do when no, you were a small child? No, that was always
1: in me. Yeah. From a child, I remember I was walking a fashion show for one of my um, second cousins who were, we we're, we're, were a very close-knit family. And as we started doing the rehearsals, they kept saying to me, you're not a girl, stop walking like that, you know? And I was looking at this one woman by the name of Maxine and I saw the way she walked and she glided down the runway and I just immediately fell in love and that's what I wanted to do and as I progressed in life I kept going to little fashion shows trying to do them of course against the approval of my uh, grandmother and and other family members they didn't want me in fashion they didn't want me in dance at all because they felt that was too feminine for someone who is AMAB which is assigned male at birth so yeah so it was always in me I just never thought I could achieve it until people in ballrooms started making me see that I could and even some of them gave me opportunity, introduced me to people. These shows weren't paid, but I got the opportunity to go out there and show what I could do, and then it led to other things.
0: And I don't know if you know this saying, it could be Australian, but uh, the proof is in the pudding because... Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, you've been compared to Naomi Campbell, so you're amazing. Thank, I, you. I actually Thank think you. you. I actually think you're better than Naomi Campbell. I'm a really big fan of <laughs> Naomi no, Campbell. Apple, Listen, I, but. I
1: I will tell you this, okay? Naomi's the queen. Yeah. Okay, she is the queen. She will always be the queen. And I am just honored that people actually think of me in that aspect. Yeah. Because that is one of the highest accolades a person can achieve to be compared to Naomi Campbell. That woman is dynamic. She tells a story just from stepping onto the runway. Her face, her, oh my gosh, she, her body language. She She's absolutely amazing. Mm. And I've always looked up to her. Yeah. She is the queen, yeah. you know, as I a, a saying. She's the queen of runway. The way she carries herself, the way she enters that runway with that strength that that I know who I am and I'm going to tell this story in 30 seconds as I walk back and forth and just allow you to just be a part of my space. Her presence is just so phenomenal. So I definitely look up to her and I, I think it's an accolade that people even compare me, but I am nowhere near Naomi Campbell. She is the queen mother. Have
0: you got a favorite designer that you've ever worked with? I did see you working with the blondes recently and you you just look stunning in that corset. Thank
1: you. Is... I um I'm a simple woman yeah. and so I love all things. I don't have a favorite really. I just, uh, because I have different days. And so some days I would want to be Maleficent as they put me in uh, the blondes. And yeah. then other days when I work for Adrian Alistair, I just want to be free and careful. So um, for me, especially where designers are concerned, if I were to have a favorite, that would probably limit me from being able to experience the vast talents of so many designers across the
0: board. And I guess wearing clothes is like telling a story and embodying a character. So I guess it all depends on the mood you're in, like you say.
1: Exactly. You're absolutely right.
0: When are you starting production on the next season of Pose?
1: Well, we have absolutely no idea. Mr. Murphy is a very private person. Yeah. Therefore, we're just, well... I can't say we. I am just ecstatic and hoping that I am in season two. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have no idea when we are going to
0: to uh, film. <laughs> now you are you're currently in Sydney right now. Yes, I am. This is your is this your first time in Australia?
1: <laughs> this is my first time yeah. in Australia, and I must tell you, it is so beautiful. And FX um and Foxdale have Foxdale has been so amazing. My room overlooks the Opera House,
0: oh, overlooks amazing. the
1: harbor. It is so beautiful. I never thought in a million years, anyone would acknowledge me to the point where they would think that comfort is something that I should have.
0: Well, I, th- I think you deserve it, Dominique. So <laughs> I Thank think that so made the right much. decision. I'm just thinking next year, we should get you here for the Sydney Mardi Gras. Oh my gosh, I would love that. <laughs> I think Pose should just have a float. Oh
1: my gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before you go, because we are running out of time, what is, what's next for you?
1: I am just right now, I'm doing a lot of uh, appearances and working, still working with uh, the ballroom community towards to uh, visibility. And I'm also working with uh, Destination Tomorrow. I just became a board member. I was their director of programs for, um, and had to leave when I signed on to Pose and realized that a lecturer was actually going to take most of my life, <laughs> most of my time. So as director of programs for this nonprofit organization, which was trans-founded and trans-led called Destination Tomorrow. Tomorrow located in the Bronx, I um, will continue to work with them as as a board member and uh, continue to do appearances. Probably uh, throw a ball in the near future. Maybe I can come to Australia and and throw a ball here.
0: <laughs> well, I've just I've loved talking to you. I feel like I need to just hear you talk every morning because every every uh, word that comes out is so motivational and so uplifting. I've loved listening to you this morning and I've loved talking to you. All the best with your time in Australia and all the best for the rest of the year.
1: Thank you so very much.